What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, here with my co-host, Shu and Raul. Uh, going to talk a little bit about the ACC tournament the last week and then jump in. And uh, obviously, it's Selection Sunday, so we'll talk where we see uh, Duke going. We'll do some Final Four picks and uh, title picks. But first, I guess, um, kind of a tough week for Duke. Really just never seemed to get over the, the Carolina game. Probably our four worst games just consecutively there is pretty concerning. I kind of thought that once we had gotten to Saturday that we were going to kind of just pick up and, and be able to get it done. Clearly, that was not the case. Um, that was pretty disheartening. But I think the main storyline so far is the defense. So I think prior to the Carolina game, we were hovering around like 18th to 22nd on Kempom defensively. Now it looks like over the last in March, I think we're the 206th defense. So my question for you two is, does this team compare you to someone like how quickly they've shifted from title threats, maybe even title favorites to now like potentially losing first weekend? I don't know that uh, this is a comparable team in terms of being a, ever being a title favorite, but I've been looking at some of the numbers from uh, 2014 Duke. And I know you don't want to hear this comparison because you remember what happened to that team, mm-hmm. but just looking um, that team had kind of hovered between you know, 30 and 60 on defense all year, had some good months. One month that was like where where they were number nine, just like this Duke team had a really good month too. I think it was uh, January, we're like 14th. But then ended the season really terribly on defense, uh, 252nd in their last six games, which would be March. And this Duke team, this year's one, could in theory play six games in March too, or more, hopefully, but... You know, we're at 206 now over five games. So that was kind of what I was comparing it to. Again, not a real positive sign. What about you, Shu? Uh, I mean, I can't think of top of my head. Like you guys have said, this is a meteoric like drop-off, right? I mean, we've never seen it this drastic. You know, the thing that pops off the top of my head is that 2017 team is just the way we went into the ACC tournament, got on a hot streak and ran, and ran through that. Um, and then I don't know where the defense went in the second half of that USC game um, down in, in Greenville, but uh, didn't end well. I think we gave up 65 points in that second half or something pretty ridiculous like that. I think, Raul, you mentioned that we didn't give up 80 points pretty much throughout January and February, and we have gave up 80 points or more in like the last four games essentially. So it's uh, disheartening. Yeah, not a good look. Um, I think for me, like probably the two teams, and these are like very different teams that I can think of, but like 06 kind of like just started out. I mean, they were much better, but then at the end of the year, it just like the the same kind of situation, right? JJ was a senior night and then the NCAA tournament, like just, just throttled by LSU. Um, and then the other one, and it's a little bit different, but 2017, like right as they come into the ACC tournament, like catch fire, win four in a row. Uh, that team kind of had us on and off all year, but it seemed like we had hit the switch and then just get obliterated by South Carolina, which is it's pretty ridiculous to have to play a seven seed, like if you're the higher seed to play them in their backyard. But that's we no excuse. We should have won the game. Um, but it's hard to think of anything that remotely – like just flipped like that. I mean, cause it felt like we we're playing our best ball at the right time of the year. This is where we want to be. 
and then just boom. Um, and it had me thinking too, it's obviously it's, it's schematically is a big part of it, but just this team in big moments. So we started out the season pretty much two and zero in big moments, Kentucky, Gonzaga. But then after that, it just seemed to just like the moment just was too much for us. Like immediately after that, we were number one, we lose our first game senior night, got a chance to really celebrate 17 and three win case last game, just fold in the moment, get a chance to revenge that in the ACC tournament, at least hang a banner there, just completely crumbled in the moment. All of those pretty bad losses too, really. Like Ohio State was a pretty, I mean, point spread wise, it wasn't terrible, um, but the method and how it happened was was pretty like collapsed. And then again, didn't show up at all for Carolina or Virginia Tech. Um, so I'm curious what y'all's thoughts are on that. Like, this team versus the moment. Obviously, Kay's final season is the big overarching moment, but then like the little moments within that as well. I'm curious if y'all saw like the same thing or what you think about, you know, maybe it's a clutch factor or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it just might be the building pressure. You know, you could say they've had pressure all season with it being, you know, Kay's last year, but I think it's a lot easier to uh, kind of, work past or look past that pressure when you're earlier in the season because you've just got so many opportunities left, you know, and then of course, who knows if it's just more tape coming out on our tendencies um, as the season goes on, you know, it might not have anything to do with the moment. Um, It just might be that, you know, the, the two biggest moments have kind of come towards the end of the season and teams have had, uh, you know, more opportunity to game plan for us. But, you know, it's it's just tough to say with such a small sample of, you know, truly important games with the ACC being down this year. You know, I don't know. Shu? Um, I mean, I, I think the Ohio State game, we were up uh, 13, something like that, and that going into half had a sizable advantage throughout most of the second half, and then it slowly started to, like, to slip away. Um, the other two times, I mean, we were also, we also up, you know, double digits, at least in the second half, I think against Carolina or eight, nine points, and then let that slide. Um, a, a part of it, I think I attribute to we're, just, we're young, you know, and not only young in most of our spots, but Wendell, who's a junior, how many of these big moments has he been in? He hasn't played in the NCAA tournament. Um, uh, let's see. He had he, he didn't get to play in a ACC tournament his freshman year and his sophomore year. We didn't get to end it. So other than the like the big marquee games and the Carolina rivalry games, our leaders haven't had these moments. Yeah, it's pretty much just Joey Baker, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's Baker, it's, it's, it's and he Joey. barely plays. So yeah, and, and Dale has been solid, but man, like. That like first two month version of where is that guy? You know, like we need almost someone to kind of to step up. Um, and he's, you know, he's played well. He's played pretty good defense, but just not really super aggressive. Uh, you know, kind of just more the same the last the last three months of the season there. But um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I thought that it, it was really disappointing Saturday, just the way that we came out and played, and then to hear the press conference of being tired. I don't want to really hear that. Right. Like Virginia tech just played four games in four days. Um, there's really no, no excuse in my opinion to be tired for that. If you can't get up for the t- championship game after what had happened the week before, 
that's pretty telling. Well, we've being had- tired is on us too, right? Like when you only play five, six guys, I mean, I know you don't want to put Bates in and you don't want to put – and Theo can't play that long because, I mean, he blinks at people and they call a foul on him. But, um, you know, Joey didn't play a whole – like we can't use tired as an excuse when we – we're running five or six guys into the ground. So sorry to cut you off. No, I mean, that's it. Right. And it, and it's not running five guys into the ground that are playing well and you can't afford to take them off the floor. Like Keels, who had kind of like really been on the upsurge, like heading into that Carolina game. Maybe that's why we thought we were looking so well. Just really had a bad four game stretch. Really bad. I think it was like 12 for 35, um, six for 11 in the Q's game. But outside of that, it was bad misses too like really really short um that that's gonna hurt right because he's gonna shoot he's gonna shoot and he's out there for 37 minutes and so it's i don't understand why you can't spell a few minutes there um and aj too is another uh real up and down right um does nothing in the carolina game does nothing in the syracuse game has a huge game against miami does nothing in virginia tech game well, I guess he scored a little bit more in the Virginia. Team. It looked like he was going to go off right. for a minute there, right? And then yeah. it just no, like nothing after that. Um, and then this is last seven threes or something, I think. Just couldn't find it. Um, and as he goes, we go right. Um, uh, I I think uh, Trent Kensey. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, uh, yeah, he uh, posted something about how when AJ scores more than fifteen points, we're undefeated. I believe. Yeah, and you know if the shots not fall, like he was taking some good looks. We had some really good shots against uh, Virginia Tech there, like the um, the one I remember. I think it was a five point game. It was like seventy three sixty eight or something. We come down and we get that kick to Dell and the like right wing three wide open shot. You know it, he missed it, but we needed that. If we hit that, maybe we get kind of some momentum going. We just couldn't stop. Buddy, what do you have? Like seventeen in the first half or? What, just lighting us up. Um, he comes off that pin down and just catches one and just fires it like immediately in the like the start of the second half. And that's kind of when I knew I was like, yeah, this is pretty much a wrap. Um, well, that wasn't surprising considering, you know, we let Jimmy Bayheim annihilate us in the first game, right? Um, and we were and just Gerard. coming off. Yeah, exactly. And Gerard. Uh, and we were just coming off RJ Davis destroying us the game before that. Yeah, the only guard we kind of like defended well was Isaiah Wong. And I don't know if that was really us defending it well or him just missing shots. But, um, you know, I thought that we we did kind of play what Miami was going to be a tough matchup the way that they play. So that wasn't like, you know, super concerning. I thought once we got to Virginia Tech that we were going to be ready to go. I wasn't worried about that game at all coming in. Um, but maybe that's the thing. The games that I seem not to be worried about this year is the ones that we that we lay an egg for. That's. That's the most frustrating is it seems that we're much closer to our floor than we are our ceiling, which was not the case four days ago. But, you know, I guess what we can, that's a good segue as we, we still got a two seed out of it. So that's not terrible. We're not playing like a two seed, but we got it. It's in the West. And um, I guess if y'all don't have anything else about the ACC tournament, we can get in and talk about that for a little bit. Well, before we do move on to come back to the defense real quick, what have you guys seen that's changed? I'm just curious. Uh, for me, what I was noticing, I just rewatched. Well, I watched the uh, condensed games of all three of them uh, just now, basically. And the thing that jumped out to me just from the highlights was how many shooters we failed to close out on. 
And I'm not sure exactly why that's happening. Like, it's just, you know, somebody comes off a screen and then, you know, if they have a bigger player who can shoot it all, he gets a wide open pick and pop like Manic was. Um, but just the, the, the rotations are just not there for whatever reason. And I was wondering what you th- thought was causing that. Cause it, it's not the same problem we had earlier in the year. It's not backdoor cuts. It's not even really layups to me. It's, it's uh, just, it seems like uh, players can just pass the ball twice on the perimeter and get an open jump shot. I think part you of it. some thoughts, but shoot, go ahead, jump in. I mean, our, our rebounding, we talked about that early in the year when we were getting out-rebounded by teams and giving up a lot of offensive rebounds. And we kind of turned the corner on that for a while, uh, especially in February when we were playing really well. We were rebounding the ball well and, you know, ending those defensive uh, possessions with a with a rebound. Virginia Tech, I don't know what it was. We just couldn't grab the ball. Um, Mark had it hit his hand several times. Paolo, same. Um, and not only is it the rebounding, but I, a lot of it, some of it's just sheer dumb luck. I feel like we, Mark stuffs a guy's shot and somehow it like hits off his leg and rolls out to the three-point line and here's Couture just picks it up and shoots it and makes it three. I mean, uh, Jeremy blocked that guy. Was that in the Miami game? And they ended up getting a three out of it. Um, just unlucky stuff like that. 50-50 balls, I guess. You know, we we just don't seem to get a lot of them. Yeah, and I think schematically too, and I'm not sure exactly what it is, but so it's like a three-pronged problem is how I see it. The, the first one is the initial attack of the ball screen where our guards – Previously, we're kind of making a decision to either go up or go under. Now we're just running right into the screener and just allowing ourselves to get screened. And what would happen previously is we would either ice that where Mark would come high and then we would rotate back and recover. But now we're doing nothing. So we're getting screened. Mark's staying low so the guy can come off the screen. Instead of like the wing defender staying home, he's now dropping in to try to pick up that. And it's just a wide open kick, right? And if he doesn't do that, Marks in no man's land. And we're just not doing a good job. No one has done a good job. Dale, Kills, Roach, it doesn't matter who we put on there. Roach tries. Um, you know, he's playing pretty hard, but his defense has been pretty bad too. His offense has been good, but our guards are not doing a good job. Um, and I don't know, you know, obviously I can't hear that. I'm not on the court. I don't know if it's like we're just not communicating well. Like if that's on Mark to call that out, like, hey, screen, screen, screen. And the guys aren't just seeing it. Maybe it's that's exhaustion. Maybe that's fatigue. Maybe that's just kind of checking out. I, I don't know. Um, that would make sense if we're not having somebody that's kind of like calling that stuff out and that we're just because we don't seem to be on the same page. If we're rotating, if we're going under, if we're icing it, it just seems really random and not like intentional, which is not a good sign. Um and I don't know why we've started doing that. We, we had, obviously we've defended the ball screen terribly for a decade, but this year we had made some really great adjustments. I think it was either the second Virginia game. I think it was before that though. Um, it was after the first Virginia game. And we had talked about it on here about what Mark was doing and how Dale was like coming under the screen, but then telling Mark to go back. Like they were just communicating and switching back off. And it was you know, it got us up to like what 14th or maybe even like a top 10 defense for a period there. And now we're not doing anything. Um, I don't know. That's, you know, maybe that's off, but I'm, I'm curious when you brought, when you asked the question, Earl, is what, what, what are you seeing? I guess, what is your breakdown of it? 
Well, I think that ties into what I was saying about the bad rotations too. It, it really could just be communication. Um, you know, the navigating the screens is a different issue than rotating when a couple passes are uh, made, but it could be caused by the same thing. So yeah, that kind of, that uh, kind of fits with what I was thinking. Yeah. It's just interesting. And then we've had some real three point shooting regression lately. Um, the last four games, we've just kind of been lit up from three, I believe. Um, and is that just random? Cause you know, uh, people like Ken Pomeroy have written about three point defense being largely sort of luck determined. And we were down at like 29% all year. So maybe there was just always going to be some positive regression, especially if you start playing more good shooting teams. But what I've been seeing is just a lot of those jumpers have been really open. And we're leaving it all up to luck, right? Like, yeah, exactly. trying to influence it at all. It's just all luck. And, you know, I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, guys getting hot and playing against Duke. But also, like, when you come out the first, like, seven or eight minutes and just let a team get any open shot they want, they're going to get confident. And then what we see happen is that then their three-point shooting has regressed. But by then – the guards already know, well, I can get in the lane and do whatever I want. And so that confidence, is, and once that's there, they, they're going to score, you know, however they want. Um, and we've just seen that just so frequently over the years, especially these last five years, it feels like of just any heady guard can just carve us up. And then our defense is just in complete scramble mode. And we waste so much energy on the defensive end. And then we go down on the offensive end and don't make them really work much at all. So that's, you know, pretty concerning when you play five and a half, six guys. But what did Couture finish shooting from three? I knew it was like well, he was six to six at one point. Did he finish like six to seven? I know he missed one finally. I think that sounds right. Six, seven, seven of eight, something like that. And then I think we let Jimmy Beheim go like six of, I think he was six to seven at one point. I think he finished six of nine, but he was like a 30% three point shooter. So, it's hard to say it's random when it always happens to us. Um, I think part of it's sometimes these guys just getting hot, but if you give a, a D1 you know, shooting guard an open look, they should make it more times than not. And it speaks to preparation too, right? Like the game plan coming into the last four games has been awful. And we've adjusted a little bit and like made a game out of it and won three of them or two of them, but – we've put ourselves in a hole. Whereas if you go back just a week ago, right? Like there was like three or four games in a row. We talked about it on here. Am I watching the same game? Duke's up like 14 to four, 15 to two or three. Like the prep was right. Kay had talked about it. The prep was like on, on par. Um, the scouting was good. The evaluation was good. And then I guess maybe the whole kind of Kay's last game, the senior night, all of that kind of got, got brought in and that we've lost that. Remember the article uh, about uh, the preparation for Virginia and Kay yep. saying he got chills because the team had grown up and they memorized, you know, what they're supposed to do so quickly and easily. And what happened to that team? As soon as he said it, right? Like as soon as that came out, it's like, boom, just meteoric collapse. And, you know, we get a week off maybe to kind of decompress and, it's just hard to, at this point, I don't think major adjustments are going to be made. Maybe we can get back to just doing that. Maybe it's just increasing communication, a little more effort. That's probably the best we can hope for. I don't expect to see any kind of major just schematic changes in a week, but 
didn't the uh, you know we lost to was it Notre Dame in 2015 in the ACC tournament? I think when we went on that title run, didn't Kay say that they kind of dummied down the the defensive schemes there for the NC, like pretty much simplified it as as easy as they could? Um, I, I'm just wondering if maybe that's something we we look to do. Just you know, w- we have these elaborate you know picking up and switching guys and. You know, I don't know what went on last night, but it felt like Mark Williams was on an island out at the three-point line, the top of the key, all night long. Um, and I just didn't see how we kept allowing that to happen. Yeah, Mark played pretty bad. Um, and, you know, they played him off the floor the first time, too. That was the biggest thing, is they really didn't do a whole lot of stuff differently than it seemed that they did the first time around that we played them. They just didn't run out of gas this time. Um, you know, I don't... I don't know. And, and, AJ, and AJ didn't play as well. So, uh, yeah. Because didn't he was like the X factor in that first game? We went small. Uh, he was at the four, and that was his first really good game, I believe. So, that was, that was a big difference there. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could catch some teams unaware if we adjust our defense in some meaningful way or even run a few more offensive plays. Just something that the scouting's not out on because. You know, you better believe that everybody in our bracket is going to be watching our last, you know, they know how badly we played recently. And they're going to be watching these games to see what those teams were doing. And they're going to run the exact same thing. Yep. You know, I don't know. I, I wish that we would just watch the VT game over and over and over and just have AJ like watch Couture and be like, do more of that. Right. That's what we need. More relocation, off ball, more moving. We've seen it from him. Um but we've also seen long stretches where he just kind of camps and isn't really sure when to get his shots. So I don't know. We got a week to kind of to repack, but let's uh it is selection Sunday, so the brackets are out. I guess we'll jump in and talk about that. Um Duke ends up the two seed in the West with Gonzaga. You got Baylor in the east as the one, Arizona to the other one in the south, and then Kansas wraps it up in the Midwest. So before we kind of talk about like final four picks and all that stuff, let's let's look at Duke's matchup. Um I know it's a popular thing right now for Duke fans. They kind of just want to pick this first round kind of upset or first weekend upset. Couldn't ask for too much of a better matchup though uh, with our 15 seed. I was looking through just some of their stats. I don't think they've really beat anybody ranked like above 140 or 150th count Ken Palm. I think they're 149th. Um, their best player is like a six, seven big guy who doesn't shoot threes. Well, like on paper, it seems like they want to play inside and they're that big and our strength is is big so i would expect that to be a pretty good matchup you know if the duke team that we've seen the last couple weeks or the last week comes out obviously that that can flip things but um i don't know how much you've all looked into this matchup yeah i mean they're pretty weak even for a 15 seed and uh to your point about them wanting to score inside i believe one of the things they do best is draw free throws and we don't foul so you know on paper, this looks like it looks like playing Pitt, basically. You know, we really should roll by about the same amount we beat Pitt by, um, at least, you know, if not more. So yeah, I, I'm not gonna sweat too much about that game. It's it's tempting to just based on what we just saw, but I would feel like that would be just kind of worrying yourself for no reason. You know, it could happen, of course, and then I'll be eating my words, but what I would be more focused on would be the um the seven ten game there. Mm-hmm. I think that just from a 
quick glance, um, and based on what I've seen this year, I think um, Michigan State, despite being the better seed, is actually the uh, better matchup for us. So that's kind of interesting. You know, I'd prefer them to Davidson. Um, of course, uh, the committee, I feel like, has a weird sense of humor with just constantly pairing us up with Izzo no matter what. But <laughs> that's a different story. Every year. Jeez. Shu, how are you feeling about it? I haven't looked into to Fullerton's anything. I, I was on the golf course this afternoon when Selection Sunday was revealed. Um, so I just kind of got back and did a quick picks just by my, you know, gut reaction. I think we should win that game. I don't – I think we'd have to really play bad to lose the second round game against Davidson or Michigan State. That's the one – more I'm, I'm I'm more focused on. I, I think it could be Davidson. It's it's in Greenville. You know, Davidson's here in Charlotte. It's not a far drive for our, their fans to come to. And and Bob McKillop, I, I you know I'm a big fan of that guy. I think he's he's done a great job at Davidson for you know he's a really underrated coach. Um, knows knows what he's doing. So I, I worry about that more than more than that first round game because we're playing two programs there right like we've got coaches that have been there a long time tradition um discipline like culture they're going to be probably they're going to be older than us i'm sure right like that does present some concern um i do agree i, I think i would prefer to play michigan state you know i guess it would be fitting for like we were talking all point for is no in the last three after k started like 12 and one against him um but i think i would take that davison I think Davidson could give us fits. I think they could give us some trouble. But, you know, I, I think as of right now, I'm going to pick Duke to come out of this this first weekend. I know that's a popular one. That's a pretty scary matchup. But really, across the board, looking at all the – just the bracket in general, those 7-10 matchups are really interesting. Um, you got Davidson, Michigan State. Then you got Ohio State and um, Loyola. Uh, Loyola. And then what's the other one? Miami, USC. Mm-hmm. Murray State, San Francisco is not like the big name, but they're both pretty like really good teams, like Ken Palm analytically. Um, so a lot of a lot of interesting matchups in that yeah. seven. Patrick Tape out there in San Francisco holding it down. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Bay Area. Yeah. But um, so yeah, you know, I guess I, well, I guess I kind of went ahead and said it that I'll take Duke to come out of that first weekend. Where are y'all standing on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna go almost against my gut here and i'm gonna say that duke wins their first two games uh gets k to 1200 wins uh going into the sweet 16 where we could be matched up with texas tech correct um i don't know if you guys know a lot about texas tech but you know i don't want to look ahead too much but i don't think that that's like an insanely difficult matchup for us either in general i feel like we got a favorable bracket we haven't done well in the west overall but how much does history actually factor into this i don't think Paolo and mark williams are sitting around being like we've never won in the west we better give up now you know what i mean like so yeah i, I feel kind of out home you know yeah, Paolo Paolo right, yeah, home out there yep yeah exactly and you know and considering how we put how poorly we played at home just be as far away from home as possible right um, yep. but yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel okay about it. You know, I, I'm, my thought for 
several months now has been kind of like, oh, this is a sweet 16 team. Just seeing where we've been on Ken Palm all year, kind of hovering in that eight to 12 range. You know, that's sort of a sweet 16 team to me, but you know, I, I, I got a little more optimistic. I think it was two podcasts ago when we were all raving about how good Duke was playing, but <laughs> you know, now I'm back down to earth a little bit. So sports, man. What about you? <laughs> Should you taking Duke in the first weekend or you see him weighing one? I'm pretty sour, bro, to be honest with you. I mean, um, just this week, it showed us like, look, we've beat Gonzaga and we've beat Kentucky. So we know we can beat anybody, but we also just lost to Virginia Tech was a bubble team. Wouldn't have got in unless they beat us, really. So we could lose to any of these teams, too. Um, I'm not so sure that we get out of out of Greenville, to be honest with you. Um, the reason is the kind of the reason we didn't make a run last night in that Virginia Tech game. Free throws. Um, these games in March, they're going to be tight. They're going to be half court slug fest. You know, nobody's really going to get out in front of the other 10-point, 12-point game. So when it gets down into crunch time, we've got a young team and we're just not converting from the line like we need to. I, I just don't – I don't see – I don't trust us in a in a close, like, fist fight with Michigan State, to be honest with you. It would be 0-3 in K moments too, right? Loses yep. last ACC, you know, regular season game, loses last ACC game, and then lose on 11.99. To be stuck at 11.99 would be pretty awful, but I, it <laughs> wouldn't. It, it would be kind of par for the course. Um, and I don't want to look ahead too much because it's kind of hard to predict. Well, after that, who would we be playing? Because you don't. But I, I, I do agree with Raul that looking at kind of the the Sweet 16 portion that bracket i mean rutgers notre dame i think notre dame's a, a pretender um but you know alabama texas tech texas tech it you know there that could be pretty pretty interesting um but I'd, I'd much rather kind of play a team that's good defensively than play like the number one or number two offense right now so i'll take that in a grind it out kind of game just because our offense i feel confident that we can score um so, but you know if, it, if they're not known for scoring, I'll take that. Obviously, the Virginia Tech game, we didn't score. But even when we haven't been playing bad this last week, we've scored the ball. Offense has been okay. Um, just can't get any stops. But, you know, Alabama could be a team that's – they're 19 and 13, but they're just going to shoot a ton of threes. So, if the Duke defense from – the three-point defense from the the prior three months – the first three months of the season will be fine. If we get the last weeks, then we'll get ran out of there by 20-plus. But – so, you know, um, I wouldn't mind playing Gonzaga again either up top, but I don't want to talk about the whole kind of the, the region as it is, but I did want to kind of toss it out and let's at least give final four picks and a, and a champion pick right quick. Uh, Real, you want to lead us off? Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to go with Gonzaga as my national champion. I feel like this is their year. Just looking at the bracket, too, that they're in, um, you know, maybe I'm influenced by the fact that Duke's in that bracket, so it must be a weak bracket, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just I feel like they have good matchups, you know, besides us, and we might not get that far. And then looking at the East, that's a brutal bracket, um, in my opinion. But I really liked what I've seen from Kentucky all year, and I feel like Shibwe is an X factor. So despite some, you know, I think Murray State could challenge them in the second round, but 
I'll pick them to go to the final four. Coming out of the south, I'm going to go with Arizona. I know I'm not getting too adventurous here. I've got two ones and a two, but. And then coming out of the Midwest, I like Kansas. So I'm going mostly chalk, uh, but with Gonzaga <laughs> win. Um, but you're honestly probably better off going chalk most years. So yeah, you're going to get your most of your upsets in the first weekend. And then by the time you get to the final four, it's usually one and two seeds with it, with occasional weird years that we've seen, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Shoe. All right. So Gonzaga for Raul, who you got shoe? Um, I'm going to go kind of flip on that. And I've got my national champion as uh Gonzaga's um, former assistant. Tommy Lloyd, uh, Arizona. So I've got Texas Tech coming out of the West, Kentucky coming out of the East, um, Arizona obviously coming out of the South, and uh, went with Iowa to come out of the Midwest um, with Texas Tech and Arizona playing in the national championship game, Arizona winning. Okay, so Arizona, Gonzaga. Yeah, I kind of went um, destructive mode in mine, and I'll, I'll give the the rationale. So I have Duke coming out of the West. Um, I have Gonzaga losing early, actually, in a little bit of an upset there. But So I have Duke coming out of the West. Um, I actually have us beating Memphis. So I have Memphis just making this like crazy run, just because why not, right? That's the betting line, why not? Um, so I have Duke coming out of there. In the East is probably one of my most chaotic brackets, but I ended up, uh, I got UCLA coming out of the East. And then over in the South, I'm just not super sold on Arizona. And this is the pick that I'll probably feel the strongest about, and they're guaranteed to lose to Longwood first round. Um, I got Tennessee coming out of the South. They just won the SEC tournament. Take them. I like their team. And then in the Midwest, I also had Iowa. I kind of like them offensively. They can get hot. They can make a run. I like that kind of Iowa Kansas matchup in Chicago. That would be a really good game. So that's what that's a two seed, a four seed, a five, and a three. So then I have Duke and Tennessee in the finals, and I have Tennessee beating Duke because I think that would just be the most Duke thing this year is to get to the big moment and then just get blown out in the big moment. But <laughs> I think I would take that, right? Because at least we're, we're right, there. Yeah. Um, you got to get there to get beat. I mean, so, even, so even one it. more final four would be pretty awesome for K. Um, yeah. I mean, I actually like your picks better than mine. You picked a lot of uh, teams that have recently been hot, which, you know, is not always an indicator that they're going to make a NCAA tournament run, but what well, with the exception of Duke, you pick teams that have been hot. That's kind of funny, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Tennessee and Iowa and anyway. Yeah. Tennessee's got some really good guard play. Um, Freshman, the, you know, freshman guards, right? So that's that's a, a a factor. But you know, they're hot. They're playing well. So that's you know, pick Longwood if I was you. But I'm going to go with them to come out of the South. I think their matchups are pretty good. That's a pretty good region for them. You know, we'll we'll see. Iowa kind of, you know, there's Fighting nobody that I'm really. Yeah, there's nobody I'm super like high on. There's no juggernauts. Yeah. So you know, I, I'd love to see Duke get there to at least make the Final Four. Um, you know. If I was really picking with my head, I'd probably have to go Gonzaga, but at some point they got to get knocked out again early. Um, but we'll see. You know, I think Duke plays what Friday, and then if they win, they'll play again Sunday. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think the times have been announced for those yet, but 
so hopefully, you know, next next weekend we'll we'll be able to do a recap of, of two games and and preview the the Sweet 16. But um, you know, I guess we'll have to find out before we get out of here. Though, I was a little disappointed with the defensive talk. I, I really was expecting to hear, you know, if we, if the faces were just a little bit stronger, or you know, if the verb was a little bit higher, if we just played a little harder, um, you know, we would have we would have got there and and got it done. But maybe next week. But uh, I guess uh, until then, um, you know, find us over at the board, thedevilsden.com. You can email us at thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, and uh, hopefully we can kind of wash off this last week and, and uh, get back to form. All right, go do it.